It's Monday, February the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, another safety issue at Boeing and defiance in Myanmar. First, the world's in brief. Boeing advised airlines to suspend flights of some of its planes. On February 20th, a 777 operated by United Airlines experienced engine failure and rained debris over a Denver suburb before making an emergency landing. Japan's transport ministry grounded some flights and barred Boeing's with the same engine from its airspace. The playmaker only recently had its 737 MAX jets recertified after deadly crashes in 2018 and 2019. Tens of thousands of people took to the streets of Myanmar's cities to mark the funeral of a demonstrator shot by police and to decry violence against civilians. The army has been unable to stifle mass demonstrations and civil unrest since a military coup and the detention of Aung San Suu Kyi, Myanmar's most popular leader, on February 1st. Iran and the UN's nuclear watchdog reached an agreement to allow monitoring of the country's nuclear facilities for three more months. However, Iran will withdraw this week from a protocol allowing snap inspections and insisted America lift sanctions before resuscitating the 2015 nuclear deal, which the Americans abandoned in 2018. President Joe Biden has shown willing to revive the accord. Israel eased its lockdown, having given at least one COVID-19 jab to almost half its population. Shops, libraries and museums reopened, though people must still wear masks and maintain their distance. Only holders of green passports, many those who have had two doses, may go to gyms, hotels and synagogues. Today, the British government is expected to lay out its plans to relax England's lockdown. Temperatures in the American South started to rise after a week of extreme cold. The unusual weather played havoc with infrastructure in Texas, where millions were left without electricity and heat. Although most have had their power restored, water supplies in several states are still disrupted after pipes burst. Niger's voters cast ballots in a runoff election to choose their country's new president. The vote presages the first democratic transition of power since Niger became independent from France 60 years ago. Mohamed Bazoum, an adherent of Mohamedou Issoufou, the incumbent, is expected to win. Seven election workers were killed by a landmine on their way to the polling stations. And China's banking regulator finalised stricter rules on internet loans. Among other things, from July 2020, online lenders must provide 30% of the funding for loans made with commercial banks. The regulations will raise capital requirements for lenders such as Ant Group, Alibaba's fintech affiliate. Last year, authorities called a sudden halt to its $37 billion IPO and told it to curtail lending. And now, here's today's agenda. Bloodlands. The Burmese army begins killing civilians. When Myanmar's army toppled the civilian government on February 1st, arresting Aung San Suu Kyi and others within her ruling party, it did not shed a drop of blood. When hundreds of thousands of Burmese began protesting against the coup on the streets, the army refrained from deploying lethal force. That has changed. On February 9th, a protester was shot in the head by police. She died 10 days later. On Saturday, officers opened fire on demonstrators in Mandalay, Myanmar's second city, killing two. This is a sign of how anxious the regime is. So many civil servants are on strike that the machinery of government is grinding to a halt. The banking system is seizing up. The generals are faced with the prospect of being unable to pay bureaucrats or troops. But a crackdown will only inflame already angry Burmese further. Today, they are taking to the streets again, 
for what may be the biggest demonstration yet. Easy does it. Britain's path out of lockdown. Boris Johnson will today unveil a plan to release England gradually from the strict lockdown that has been in place since January 6th. Britain's Prime Minister has said that schools will open from March 8th. People may be allowed to meet outdoors from Easter. Governments in Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales will set their own tempos. Mr Johnson insists any unlocking will be led by data, not dates, and that relaxation will stop if vaccines prove ineffective, new dangerous COVID-19 strains emerge or a surge in infections threatens hospitals. But Conservative MPs are keen for restrictions to be dispatched once all over 50s and the clinically vulnerable have received their first vaccine. The government thinks this will be done by April 15th, two weeks earlier than previously planned. Britain's vaccination programme has sprinted ahead of others in Europe. Officials expect that all adults will be offered a jab by the end of July. At last. Merrick Garland in the hot seat. Five years ago, Senate Republicans denied a hearing to Merrick Garland, whom Barack Obama nominated to the Supreme Court. Today, he at last gets his day in the sun, as Joe Biden's nominee for Attorney General. The nomination irked some lefties, who wanted an avowed progressive to run the Department of Justice. But Mr Garland's centrism should make his confirmation relatively easy, and Mr Biden has nominated progressives for roles in the department, notably Vanita Gupta as Associate Attorney General and Kristen Clark as Deputy Attorney General for Civil Rights. Mr Garland's reputation for integrity and the President's vow to respect the DOJ's independence suggests that Mr Biden's administration will take legal norms and the rule of law more seriously than his predecessors did. His appointment will also give Mr Biden the chance to fill a seat on the American Court of Appeals for the DC Circuit, often considered the second most important court in the country. Secure Bids The Fight for G4S A fierce tussle between Allied Universal, an American private security company, and Gardaworld, a Canadian rival, is coming to a head. The pair are battling to buy G4S, a British counterpart. Last year, Gardaworld bid £3.7 billion, $4.9 billion, only to see Allied top that by £155 million. The fight has been acrimonious. Gardaworld has criticised G4S's management while sounding stark warnings about the harm Allied would do as its owner. The British firm prefers Allied's offer, but thinks it can drive up the price. Today, the two interested parties begin a rare head-to-head auction to decide who will take G4S private. The winner will be able to expand its business dramatically. G4S has higher revenues and more staff than either. But it also risks taking on the reputation of a firm that has had its share of scandals in recent years. In 2018, the British government took over one of its prisons because conditions there were so poor. Peace Talks The UN Environment Assembly Today, the UN Environment Assembly, which bills itself as the world's highest environmental decision-making body, will meet, albeit virtually, for the fifth time since 2014. Those dialing in will mostly approve budgets and yak about how countries should reduce greenhouse gas emissions and biodiversity loss while responding to the coronavirus pandemic. The UN Environment Programme, which convenes the Assembly, is keen to stress the connection between these problems, which it outlined in Making Peace with Nature, a report released last week. At its launch, Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary-General, warned that humanity has waged a senseless and suicidal war on nature, which has resulted in climate change, the destruction of ecosystems 
and the rise of zoonotic diseases such as COVID-19. These must be addressed simultaneously, the report says. Expect more talk than action at this week's session. However, the 4,000-odd delegates who normally attend won't reconvene en masse until next year. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Andy Warhol, who passed away on this day in 1987. They always say that time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.